It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. All right. It's our is it our favorite time? I don't know. Having uh having Maury on was good. That that was a fun interview. I always enjoy talking with him. But it's it's always fun when we get to uh game time. Greg Hill or as Scott calls him Greg. I, I don't I'll call you Pancake. It's just it's that's a Scott thing. I can't call you that. It's fine. Uh but uh, all right, Greg, I, I don't even completely understand the game we're playing tonight. Luckily, you will explain it as we get into uh, this week's edition of Game Time. What time is it? Game Time! Well, Matt, well, inside baseball. <laughs> Last time we had Brewers Weekly, the first line of my script was, this segment unfortunately comes with some not-so-happy news. Given the theme of the show, I will reiterate, this segment unfortunately comes with some not-so-happy news. Once again, mm. this segment comes with some not-so-happy news, but we're going to make some good news. The setup is, at this point, as bleak and as sad as it seems... That each side is only asking for a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like each side's going to budge. For whatever reason. the game warden might have a problem with that. <laughs> that, we, that, we listen, that we list for. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically create a Christmas list. And what I'm going to list these things that the Matt, it's your job to decide whose stocking this goes into. Does it go so into I'm the Santa? You're Santa. Yes. I'm Santa. And oh I'm, man. And I'm your elf assistant. Okay. Trying to curate all these things and you have to decide who gets which gift. Uh, let me say this too. Please. Um, I am both taller and bigger than you. So if if one of us had to go as Santa and one of us had to go as an elf, I feel like you you put us in the uh, correct position. Oh, this was this a segment in the making for years and years, and the payoff <laughs> is now. Hopefully, it's worth it. So we'll yes. start up here. We'll warm up. Matt, who wants extended playoffs? Well, I, I, if I'm going to put that in a stocking, I think I'm going to put that in the owner's stocking. The money that will go along with uh, expanded playoffs will definitely largely, if not all, go into the back pocket of the owners. Now, some playoff shares and some things like that. The players will see a little bit. Maybe even in negotiation, they can find a way to get a piece, a little bit, of the TV money that goes along with the expanded playoffs. But the vast majority of that moolah would head to the owners. So the owners want the expanded playoffs. Oh, I'm glad you brought up moolah. The next thing on the list, oh, it's a salary cap. Yeah, I, I think I think that's an owner thing. That definitely would be an owner thing. They would love to have it. But, you know, I, I do want to say this. There really kind of already is a salary cap in baseball because they have the luxury tax, and so few teams are willing to go into the luxury tax uh, that it's it's not a hard cap. It's not an official cap, but we talk about salary caps all the time. Baseball, outside of a handful of teams, has largely had a salary cap because of the luxury tax. But, yes, if they could ever get a hard cap, the the owners would take it. I think that is something that we will never, ever, ever see. That is the one place. That's the thing that you know the, the baseball players' union as the strongest union of all the professional athletes out there. They will never. They will never allow an actual hard cap. And Francisco Lindor wipes his brow in relief. The universal DH. Who wants that in their Christmas stocking? 
Yeah, you know, I think I think both sides want this. Like, if I could if I could put the D in one stocking and the H in the other stocking, I would do that. I think both sides do want the universal DH at this point. I would guess that the players probably maybe want it just a little bit more. But they they here's the weird thing, Greg. They had the opportunity to have the universal DH this past year, but the players felt like if they were going to give that to the owners, that they they needed more back for it. So it's almost like each side wants it, but each side also wants to use it as a bargaining chip. So I am going to cut it in half, and I'm going to say that each side is going to try to use it a bargaining. So the players can have the, uh, the D, and they're going to try to bargain to get the H. And the owners can have the H, and they're going to try to bargain to get the D, and who knows what's going to end up happening. That is a very interesting way. I'm glad you answered like that. That's good. Uh, how about t- team control on new players shorter than six years? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a player's one right there. Players uh, absolutely want that. They want younger players to get reach free agency sooner. They want young players to get more money. That was something that Maury and I were talking about when he talked about Super 2. Uh, a lot of people don't understand Super 2, and we're not going to get into the weeds on it right now, but basically if you are a player that has a certain amount of service time and you're in the top I think it's 20%. I don't have the exact number in front of me. I think the top 20% uh, in your, like, basically in your graduating class, you could basically be a year ahead of everybody else when it comes to arbitration and when it comes to getting to free agency and things like that. So, yeah, the the players are all in on being able to get to free agency and a higher percentage of players getting to free agency. So throw that one in the player stock. All right, here we go. Oh, man. Actually, here, we'll do one more easy one. Banning the shift. Um, you, you can say no one. You can leave that on Santa's workshop table. And we can leave it yeah. for next year. Probably. I think the owners, I think. Um, I think this is one that, like, it cuts across different areas. Because mm-hmm. if you are a baseball operations person... You love the shift because you're able to use all the data that you come up with to uh, to find ways to impact the game. Uh, I I think even people who use it, like if, if you are a an old school manager that that is very adept at using advanced numbers, you might not like the game that you're watching as much, but you know it gives you a better chance to win. We talk about this all the time. Like baseball is not as aesthetically pleasing as it was before. That's why, you know, I hear it from people all the time. People want to see the bunts and the sacrifices and things like that. It is a, I understand why people want that, because it is a more aesthetically pleasing game. It causes action. Where people are, 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 are wrong, I was trying to find a nice way to say it, where people are wrong, you do that stuff, it doesn't help you win. In fact, it helps you lose. So baseball is stuck in this really weird spot right now where you can either play the game in a more entertaining kind of way or you can play the game in a less entertaining way, but you're probably going to win more games doing it. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think managers and general managers uh, get contract extensions because they played the game in an entertaining kind of way. So it's a very odd thing. So who uh, – banning the shift. You know what? I'll, I'll say owners, and I'll say owners for this reason. 
if the game is more aesthetically pleasing, more people are going to show up to the game, more people are going to watch it on TV, more people are going to enjoy it, and that results in money to the owner. So we will go with the owners being the pushers of uh, banning the shift. It's a weird way to say more runs, but okay. All right, here we go. Yeah. The bullpen tagging. The pitcher on the mound has the time of the pitch clock to sprint towards the bullpen. The pitcher and the bullpen can sprint towards the pitcher on the mound. If both tag each other before the pitch clock expires, there is no commercial break, and the bullpen pitcher is ready to go. We're going like XFL, he hate me stuff right here, aren't we? <laughs> nice draw. Yes. That's exactly what's happening in this totally real scenario that is absolutely on the table for CBA negotiations. And if they're not, give me a call. I will push this rule. See, this is a tough one because players are not going to enjoy doing that. <laughs> no. you know, you're, they're going to hate doing it. And owners are going to hate it because there's a chance that they lose out on a commercial break, and that's money that they would lose out on. Mm. So nobody wants this. I don't... I don't. Can uh, You know what? The fan's going to walk into the living room, just the average you know, Joe P. fan, and he's going to be carrying his own stocking, and he's got hammer and nails, and the fire is going, Greg, and he's going to put his stocking or her stocking up, and we're going to put it in there because neither players or owners want that. But that would be ridiculous for uh, for fans to watch. It'd be good. Absolutely. And and we'll wrap up with this because just fans should get the stocking because we're all getting coal right now, let's be honest. And not for no good reason. Last one here that I think everyone will enjoy. It's called the Boris at bat. So where baseball Uber agent Scott Boris has to play one position on each team that keeps claiming they aren't taking but clearly are. Who wants this in their stocking? Wait, so Scott Boris is playing in these games? Yeah, Scott Boris is playing in these games because he thinks that teams aren't clearly tanking when they mm. are, but he has players that he represents are on the teams that are clearly tanking, and he doesn't get money because they're tanking because there's tanking involved, but no one wants to admit it. So basically, Scott's got to play a position. Get out there, pal! So he's going to go make the Pirates even worse by going and playing left field? <laughs> or, that what or better. He was a minor league. He played minor league ball. He was a, ball, a professional ball player at one point. Uh, he came up in the Cardinals organization, if I remember correctly. Um, I want that. Just let, let's see what Boris can do. Let's, you know. <laughs> Let's let's go. Let's 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 put them out there. And the uh, the pitchers that when they face off against them, because I'm sure there are some guys out there that maybe would like to be represented by Scott Boris and don't have the opportunity. Or maybe some guys out there who were represented by Boris, but they're not super high profile, and they felt like that their best interests were not being uh, represented. What happens when he faces off against one of those guys? So you know what? I, absolutely, though. Owners would want that one because the relationship between Boris and owners is a little bit tough, and I'm sure they wouldn't be uh, super upset if they see Boris hit a dribbler down the third base line and he's got to try to beat it out over at first base and he pulls a hammy. Oh, jeez. I was thinking more get a hit, but yeah, all right. And there it is, our Christmas curated list of making sense of the current CBA. That is game time. If you lasted with me, thank you for playing. That is ridiculous. All right, we'll get back to real baseball stuff here in just a second. Where 
can the Brewers still improve themselves? And what are they looking to? There was an interesting report uh, connecting to the Brewers to a fairly big name. We'll discuss that coming up in just a moment. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. I thought I must have liked me too.